Yo, it is the Stacks and Bars, the Stack Market Hip Hop Podcast, where we talk about everything financial. And today, we are celebrating the expansion of My Empower Empire. Today, we're going to have my guy Greg Skeen come on and talk to us about life insurance. I've talked to you about it before, but he is the expert. We're going to throw a whole bunch of questions at him. Let's go. I got my click ready to use the money they got from jobs and courage and teaching them that it's not so hard. I'm doing this, making investing pop. Pilar, it's extra. You tuning in to Stocks and Bars. Yo, it is the Stocks and Bars podcast. And check this out. Everybody that hits my show, you know I got to get my intro. So, ladies and gentlemen, my Empower Empire has started to finally stretch from out of my inner circle of friends to people I'm meeting outside of my friends. So this is a guy that I met on Instagram. My energies immediately sink because he was talking that money talk. And he was also talking about generational wealth. So we shot some messages back and forth and we hit the DMs and all of a sudden we had a relationship. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to let you know that I have an expert in the life insurance field. You heard me talk about it before, but we got somebody else on here who's going to give you better details than I ever could give you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's put our hands together for my man, Greg Skeen. What's going on, my brother? Blessings, man. Blessings. All is well. Hope. Thank you for just, just having me on the show, man. I'm, I'm excited to be here and, and pour value uh, into your listeners. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the invite, man. Well, accepting the invite, should I say, because... We've been chasing each other for a minute <laughs> and we got it down now. So first and foremost, congratulations to you for uh, your newborn. And I know, man. I know what that life is about. So <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, just truly blessed, man. Blessed. And, uh, you know, we're just continuing to, to pray for health and, and, you know, just a happy baby, man. So uh, super yeah. excited and, no, that makes number three for us, man. Super excited, though. You done? Done, man. Yes, we're done. <laughs> live, live and direct. Your, your show is going to get it first. Yeah, we're done. Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. sir. I hit that three, too. I would have did four. But doing the math on what that three to four is, that's a new house, a new car. It's real. Yep. So, yep. I, I, Absolutely. I, a lot of I people, mean, it's crazy. A lot of people don't think about that when it comes to, like, when most people don't realize to, to, to raise a kid from zero to 18, it's about a, it's about a quarter of a million per kid from zero yeah. to 18. It's about a quarter of a million per kid. And that, that, that creeps up on you when you, when you start approaching three, but like four, you're like, oh, shoot, that's a, that's a million right there. Where yeah. did my million go? So. And you're not even talking about inflation right now. So no, oh, yeah. we're going to get into that too. Yeah. Let's jump into it. Yes. <laughs> like I said, man, my guy, he schooled me on life insurance and we have kicked this topic around a couple times. So I got him on here so he can help me and you understand more about life insurance. What I know about it, it is the keystone for generational wealth because it's the vehicle that's going to hold and maintain that value so you can pass that down to your family, period. Because you can be a millionaire all you want, but if you die and hit estate taxes, it's over, you know, so you you can have no chance whatsoever and continue and pass that on to the people that you love. So we about to get into that. So 
First question I got for you, break it down for me. How did you get into life insurance? How did I get into life insurance? Definitely the, probably the most untraditional way possible. <laughs> so my, my, my background is actually in the tech industry. I spent 14 years in, in IT, um, corporate IT, you know, as, a, as an engineer. So I worked with Tesla, I worked with Disney, I worked with the government, um, you know, in the, in the IT field. Um, but honestly, I got into, I got in, the way I transitioned into insurance is because what I realized, regardless of how much money I made, you know, I, made, I, made, I was making a multiple six figures in the tech industry, but regardless of how much money I was making in the industry, um, I still was never going to see financial freedom. I was still never, because growing up, you know, my mom worked two to three jobs, you know, the, the typical person, how many people do you know that are good people that work hard, but they still aren't financially free. Right. Good people work hard. They're not financially free. And I was just like, man, you know, I saw my mom do that work two to three jobs. And I was like, I got the working hard, but I'm like, we got to work smarter as well. Exactly. So I, was like, I thought I was doing something. I was like, cool, get into the tech industry, you know, do my thing. And then, but I realized even when I was reaching that pinnacle of a quarter of a million, um, you know, and you grew up anything like me, you know, my mom worked three jobs to support me and my brother. I had no idea. Um, I thought if I made six figures, life would be, you know, would be <laughs> sunshine and roses, <laughs> the sunshines and roses. So I was like, I can end world hunger. I can do whatever I want at yeah. six figures. But again, obviously you have more responsibilities, you got a family, things like that. So it just made me realize, you know, I'm climbing the corporate ladder. I'm doing what I need to do, but I'm still not financially free. I still can't go to places I want to go. I still can't drive what I want to drive, even making the kind of money that I was making. So it was like, man, no, there's got to be a different way. But in that process, um, I was realizing that, you know, I, I you know, my, my wife is a, she's a stay at home wife. My kids stay at home with my wife, you know, cause they're all young. So I realized if something were to happen to me, we talk about generational wealth. I was like, if something were to happen to me, it's not going to be generational wealth that they're going to fall into. There's going to be, they're going to fall into generational poverty. Right. So I was like, man, that's the last thing I want to do for my family. So, so I was like, what is something that I can do today um, to make sure that generational wealth happens in my, in my last name? So transitioning into that, to, to how I got into the industry, it's kind of a process, but I was starting to look at life insurance as a vehicle to, to create that generational wealth. Right. But what, I've, what I realized along that process is even for, for about three years, I'm trying to learn about it, but I didn't. The, the people that were that were talking to me about it wasn't from an education standpoint. It was from a, hey, I want to pitch you, sell you this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I, and at that point, I never fully understood it. Um, and we're going to dive in deeper into what I mean by that. But that's how I got into the industry. Someone educated me on financial services. They, they educated me on how to retire properly, how to how to protect my legacy, build wealth all through you know insurance products and things of that nature. And I just started giving it back to everybody that, that would talk to me. Anybody, you, you said hi to me, I'm like spitting yeah. this information back to you because it's not taught in schools. It's not taught in homes. It's not taught at dinner table. It's not taught within your circle of influence. It's not taught anywhere. What most people only know about insurance is, you know, you pass away and that's it. Right. The wealthy people have been doing this for decades and <laughs> centuries uh, before us. So. That's how I got into the industry as, as a pure education for myself. But I realized it could be a tool to help millions of other people. See, that's how we connected, because that's how I got introduced to it, because 
actually got into the wrong side of the deal <laughs> with a, an insurance policy. And I learned from that experience just to get everybody what it is. I had an insurance guy come to my door because I was with the company already. And they were like, okay, you know, you don't have enough coverage. You know, what can we do for you? Yada, yada. And, you know, he put in documents in front of me and everything. And I wasn't paying attention. I am now. So he hit me with a four-year term life insurance policy. And I took it because of, you know, it all sounded good when we was at the table, but I didn't mm -hmm. know at the time what I was getting into. So once that four years was up and it was time for renewal, it hit me and I was like, oh, that's how it works. So <laughs> I got <laughs> back, caught back to square in the one. matrix. Yeah, <laughs> yep. Back so, to square one. You know, transition to, you know, my situation, I want to let everybody know that there is a difference between term and life. And I've covered that before, but my brother, you go ahead and kick it. The real quick, simple explanation of whole life versus term life. Gotcha. So uh, I'm, I'm going to correct you there. So it's 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 term and permanent. Term and permanent. Term See? and permanent. Yes, that's why yes. you hear. Term yeah. and permanent. So <laughs> I, I, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna normalize this, this, this language because a lot of people assume when we talk about, you know, a permanent type of policy, a whole life is the only option. Yeah. So, and I'm gonna break it down. So, the very simple, like, like, uh, like, like you were saying, is, you know, term policies. Super simple, guys. It's a temporary policy. Just like you said, yours was four years. They either attend 20, 30 years. 10, 20, 30 years, the upside to them is that they're affordable. So today, if we talk about, hey, how can I go guarantee generational wealth for my family? This is the easiest way, the most affordable way, the quickest way to create generational wealth for your family. Because now you're able to say, hey, based on my budget situation, I could go get a quarter of a million, a half a million, $2 million in a term policy. And then at least I know my family is straight for the next 30 years. Right. Okay. So affordable, again, the downside to these accounts, I mean, downside to these types of policies is they do expire. It's 10, 20, 30 years. I'm, I'm very straight and transparent with my clients. 10, 20, 30 years, but at least now you know you're protected up to those 30 years if anything were to happen to you. And I think we all agree with going on with COVID. You know, we all need to make sure we got something right now. Yeah. Right. So term policies, they're, they're temporary. Again, they don't have a cash value, so you can't accumulate money, borrow money from it, anything. It's, it works just like your car insurance. You pay into your car insurance every month. If you never, uh, if you never get into an accident, the car insurance company keeps all of your money. It's the same thing. Right. We insure our cars, we insure our houses, we insure our jewelry, we insure our clothes, we insure our, our, our athletes insure their body parts but we don't ensure the life that uses any of those things. It's the, it's the most mind blowing thing that we do as a, as a, as a community, as a, as a, you know, as a people, right. As a people like this, this thing, you know, you, you get your, you get your phone and you know, this iPhone thing. And it's like, Hey, you want Apple care? Apple care is insurance. <laughs> <laughs> Apple care is insurance, but we you know, we're just like, Oh, I need to go protect my $1,300 phone. But how much value does your life have? If you it's say just, it's unlimited, it doesn't have a value, then why don't you have anything protecting it? So, right. That's how I broke it down before, how they require you to have homeowner's insurance. They require you to have auto insurance. Why is it not a requirement to have life insurance? And I think it's based upon assets because other companies own that. 
So they need that insured in order to protect themselves <laughs> from something happening. So you should yeah. take the same mentality towards your own life. Yeah. The, another, another way of thinking about it is, is, you know, we hear about it. I don't know if you followed much of what was going on with Black Lives, uh, Black Lives Matter, stuff like that. There was a comment during that era, you know, when, when you know, everybody was talking about it. They said, you know, if each person had a million dollar policy, you know, the, the craziness that happens in this world with, you know, minorities and black and brown people would would minimize. Gone. But Gone. they never they never explained how can somebody go and get a, a quarter of a million, a half a million or a million dollars on themselves. A term policy is the easiest way. Man, I kicked that very same topic. I said police brutality, all of that stuff will be gone if we would simply insure it. Because the minute yep. insurance companies got to start paying out money, they're going to say, go. <laughs> y'all better kill yep. that because I can't yep. keep paying this out. The the, the one last thing I want to cover, let me, let me cover one last thing on, on term because it's important. Uh, when it comes to like a reason, reasons people do it. So obviously we talk about creating generational wealth. That's the, the easiest and the most common way to, to pass generational wealth. The second thing is when it comes to mortgages, like you hear people talking about, oh, I need to, I want to make sure my home is protected and stuff like that. Protecting your house, like your front, your, the home you live in, if any case you get sick or anything like that, it's a way of being able to make sure your mortgage is paid for. And now you don't have to worry about it. So term policies are very diverse. It's, I tell people, it's not a coincidence that insurance policies, these term policies go up to 30 years and mortgages also go up to 30 years. Right. It's not a coincidence. So now <laughs> if something happened to you in 30 years, your house is paid for. Now you're, you have a generational house. Now right. your family can live in that house forever and not have to worry about moving all over the place. So I want to go back to a topic that you talked about with yeah. building cash value. All right. So term does not permanent. Ah, I got this. I got it Let's right. Do it. <laughs> permanent <laughs> does. So a lot of people don't understand that life insurance is also for the living. We make the misinterpretation about life insurance only being accessible to people once someone passes away. You can actually use that life insurance policy in order to help you gain that generational wealth. So go ahead and break that down for them, how you can Absolutely. do that. Absolutely. So definitely. So when we so we talked about term being a temporary. So when we talk about permanent policies, these are policies that last you your whole life or, you know, up to the age of like one hundred and twenty one. Basically, your, your, yeah, whole, your, 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 your whole life, your, your, yep. your whole life. OK, <laughs> so um, there's a couple of different aspects to permanent policies, because like, like you just said, is when. I'm going to back this up for a second, I'm going to tell you how we got here and then how people how people should start thinking about it. Like, so when you have a kid and you're like, Hey, I want to save, I want to save money for them. You know, you either save it in a savings account, you save it into like a 529 for their college, right. you know, or you save it into like a Gerber life policy. Um, and you're like, okay, cool. This is how my kid's going to go to school, education, whatever, stuff like that. But what wealthy people don't tell you is that they leverage insurance to do the exact same thing. So when we talk about this, this cash value stuff, I'm going to break it down to you and I'm going to give you just, I'll give you a couple examples of companies that we use every day that 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 take advantage of these these strategies. Um, so what a cash value life insurance policy is, it has two it has two parts to it. Part of it does have a you know your cost of insurance. So we talk about hey your death benefit instead of it being you know not guaranteed on the term side, you have a guaranteed death benefit. Meaning if you said today I'm going to go get a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar permanent policy, 
um, that 250,000 is going to get paid out as a to your beneficiary or as a living benefit. Let me touch on that because this is this is key before I even get into the cash value part. Like you just said, man, a lot of people only think of insurance as a death benefit. Insurance companies were like, man, how can we truly help people? So what they did is they created something called a living benefit. And inside of these policies, inside of certain policies, if you can't perform two out of the six activities of daily living, your insurance policy will actually accelerate that death benefit, in this case, 250,000, and they'll give you a portion of it while you're alive. They'll give it to you while you're alive. Okay? That's facts. True, 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 true story. Like one, one, of, one of my mentors, one of my coaches, um, his uncle actually got diagnosed with cancer of the esophagus. Picture this. When he's telling me this story, I was I I wasn't in the industry. I was I was just like, you know, I was a client at that point. Right. I just told you my background. Listen to this background and tell you how close it was to me. He's a he's a his single family uh, income. So he worked. His wife stayed at home. He had two young kids. He had been in the tech industry 14 years out in California. But in this case, he got diagnosed with cancer of the esophagus. And his job said, if you can no longer come to work, we're going to have to let you go. Mm. So they lay him off as he's going through as he's going through his diagnosis. And now, again, most people don't realize when you lose your job, you don't only lose your your health benefits, your dental. You know, you also lose your lose your life insurance policy. Your life insurance policy will not follow you after you leave that job. Too many of my clients will say, oh, I'm good. I have a life insurance policy through my job. When you leave that job, that policy will not go with you. So now you're older and now you're trying to figure out, oh, I need, an, uh, I need a policy at 50, 60 years old on right. a fixed income. It's, it's the craziest thing ever. So he gets diagnosed. Um, I'll fast forward. He, he gets diagnosed. Um, but thank God somebody actually insured him. They, they, showed, they showed him a policy with living benefits 10 years prior. Okay. And in those 10 years, he paid out $15,000 into the policy. When he got diagnosed, they cut him a check for 1.8 million. Because, and he's alive. Good, that's good. And he's alive. He was able to beat uh, cancer and stuff like that for three years, take care of his family, get the best treatment out in California. So this is the power of living benefits. So how many people do we know that have gone through cancer, stroke, diabetes, severe, uh, I mean, heart attacks, you know, conditions that will either one stop them from working or it makes it very difficult to to go through life now you have a you have a part of a policy that will be able to help you while you're alive thank you help you while you're alive so that it's huge man that that part of what we do is huge this is living benefits are actually the reason i'm in this industry because had someone educated my two uncles on living benefits one of them got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis the other one had a stroke and both both need you know they need they need assistance major they both need full time assistance. If someone had educated both of them on the policy with living benefits, my mom wouldn't have had to go through work three jobs, and take care of both of her brothers while ma- raising me and my brother. Man, this is facts, man. So a lot of people don't understand that because life insurance, yo, they got all the money. <laughs> they do. This is the real deal, man. So when living benefits can help you, people need to understand that you need to take advantage of yeah. that. Set yourself up for success. On the last so, time, and I also just say, I'll also say, living benefits—they're—they're—they're they're, they're not all created equal. Okay. So some companies will say, "Oh, I got living benefits." They'll say, "Oh, I got terminal illness." There's actually four parts to living benefits. 
there's very few companies that will offer you all four living benefits. So in that case where the gentleman got diagnosed with cancer, that policy actually did something for him. What the most basic one that like the common insurance company has is what they call a terminal illness. Basically, it just means if you if a diet, if a doctor says you have six, 12 or 18 months left of living, that's the only way that insurance policy is going that's to help it kicks you. in. OK, yep. That's the only way it's going to help you. What I'm talking about is obviously, you know, you have a medical condition, life expectancy, things like that. Now the policy helps you while you're alive. Thank you for breaking that down, man. Now. We, we did the whole, you know, term versus whole permanent. I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> so, yeah. um, I want to I want to bust down one of my favorite cash policies. Value. Yeah. Cash value. We could do that. <laughs> let's let's do that. And then I want to transition into my favorite type of policy, which is the IUL. And Got I, I love that one for the fact that it. It marries both the stock market and life insurance and it's a policy that allows people to take advantage of the market even if they're you know risk avert and it allows you to have a vehicle to do that to minimize your exposure so i want you to go ahead and break down you know the cash value part that we were just talking about and then you yep. know iul got it absolutely so the iul is just a type of a permanent policy so the IUL does have the, 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 the guaranteed death benefit. It does have the living benefit. And then I'm going to cover, you know, the cash value part of it. So nowadays, a lot of people, you know, they, 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 when, when you talk about, Hey, I need to save money. Where's one place people to, they typically say, Hey, I'm going to save money. Where, where do they typically put it? The worst place in the world, a savings account. They put it in a savings account. <laughs> You're absolutely right. The average savings account is about 0.03%. Right. 0.03%. So I'm going to use, you know, use a couple of the big banks, Chase Bank of America, for example. If someone says, hey, I want to save money into that account, I always want to know. We talk about RRI because we're on, obviously we're talking about stocks and, right. and investing and stuff like that. I'm like, man, how am I going to, how quick am I going to make my money back? How quick can I, can my money grow for me? Okay. So what a lot of people don't realize is the rule of 72 is created mm -hmm. by Albert Einstein. If you say, if you take the number 72, it's the simplest math problem. If you could, you can apply it to everything every day in, in any, any situation, take the number 72 divided by the interest rate somebody's willing to give you. It'll tell you how long it takes your money to double. Right. So in a savings account, 72 divided by 0 0.03, 2,400 years, it would take you from, to go from $1 to $2. $1 yeah, to $2. So what, you know, people started like, oh yeah, well, like you said, people started putting money in different places and then insurance companies came up with, with an index account. What an index account is, and this is explaining with the IUL, the, the, portion, the portion of the IUL, the index account is, it's a hybrid account. So now you gain the safety of the bank of not being able to lose money when the market crashes, but you also, like you said, gain a portion of the upsides um, when the market is actually going up. When the market is doing well, you gain a portion of the upside. So like you said, for those that are risk averse, they're like, man, I want to put my money somewhere, but I don't want to, I don't want to lose it. You know, these index accounts are, you know, an excellent opportunity. So now you're putting your money in here when the market is going up, you're gaining as well. They average zero to eight, uh, zero to 12%, but now you can't, can't lose money. Right. <laughs> so when, when we talk, so when we talk about the IUL, it uses that same, that same, uh, that same type of account. 
So now when you're paying into your policy, your money is going into two buckets. Your first bucket is going to be your guaranteed death benefit. So when you, this is covering your cost of insurance. Right. Okay. But now the other portion of that money is going into a savings account inside, <laughs> inside of your insurance policy that's growing anywhere between zero and 12%. Zero and 12%. But, but here's the kicker. A lot of people talk about Roth accounts, Roth IRAs. What's the, the, what's the biggest thing people like about Roth IRAs? Roth IRA gives you a tax advantage. There you go. Now, what if I tell you, you could take that same tax advantage, put it inside of your insurance policy. Now it's doing, it's now the growth on that money is also tax-free. The growth on that money is tax-free. So this is, this is how, you know, so I think everybody heard of the, the golden arches, <laughs> McDonald's. So right. when McDonald's was actually getting started, um, they couldn't get a loan from anywhere. Like they're building the very first McDonald's. They couldn't pay their employees. But when someone says, hey, don't you have one of those cash value thingies? <laughs> you got one of those cash value thingies. Like, yeah, I got one of those. So how did, what did he do? He went into his policy. That's how he paid his employees when they first got started. Now, imagine if he didn't have that, that policy. Imagine every McDonald's on every corner wouldn't exist. It would took a little bit longer. He would have found some way, but he would have found yeah, it. He yeah, would have yeah, found yeah. a way. But it, <laughs> well, yeah, that's so it, it's it's things like that. It's like, man, I can put my money into a place that that mirrors the market. Now I can also grow my money. <laughs> Obviously, would you you know you want zero to twelve percent, or do you want zero point zero three percent? But now I can put my money into a place and grow. So. This is huge when it comes to, you know, I talked about 529s, I talked about Gerber plans, I talked about savings account. Imagine just redirecting all of that money into this account that that, you're already going to have anyway. Right. (laughs) You you set your kids up. And so, you know, to add on to that, one thing that I do and that I've exercised too is I put life insurance policies on my kids at 15 days old because that's the earliest you can do it. And for anybody who didn't catch that on the podcast before you got it now, 15 days old is the very first time that you can put your children in. And that's going to obviously be the rock bottom of prices that you can get there you go. for your child. And it can be as like small as like $5 a month. You can set up a policy for your child to succeed. <laughs> you want to know what's, you want to know what's crazy is if, you know, if we thought about those things as, as like I've, I've done, I've worked with a lot of different clients the clients that I've had that said, man, I'm so thankful my parents thought about me when I was born and, and made sure my legacy was protected before I even knew what, what, what even, I didn't even know what the letter was. L was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they didn't even know what the letter L was in legacy. So being able as, you know, you know, as a father, you know, as a husband now, I'm like, okay, boom, making sure that if I got it, you know, in my 30s, my kids are, you know, they're, you know, they're less, all of them are less than five. So now they all have the same policies I have. And I'm like, wow, look at the price difference. But now that yeah. policy is they're locked in for the rest of their life, man. Right. <laughs> they're yeah. locked in for the rest of their life. So if you're a parent out there and you're like, man, I really want to make sure I, I extend the legacy of my last name. Do, do right by your kids. Think about your kids. You know, sacrifice a couple of Starbucks a month and make sure your kids have policies. Amen. It's the easiest way to create generational wealth, but now you're also leveraging that account. So now when they're, they need to go to school, get their first car, like all that money that's growing in your cash value tax-free, you can actually do what we, you know, you can, you can leverage against it. So you can borrow that money tax-free. 
right. and now be able to take care of those things and not have to worry about taking out loans and all kinds of student loans and going into more debt. Be your own bank. That's be your what own, I, be yeah. your own bank. <laughs> That's B-O-B. what I tell people. Yeah. <laughs> B-O-B. Right. So I got a couple more questions here and then I can get you on your way, brother. So, you know, no, we're good. Yep. Real simple explanation. A lot of people struggle with how much coverage they should have, right? So break down for the people, you know, what type of coverage a typical person, working person should have, you know, easy math for what you should have for coverage. Got it. Very very simple, guys. You know, a lot of people just say, hey, you know, um, I want this amount of coverage. You know, as a professional in this industry, I don't let my clients tell me how much coverage they need. Because typically they're either overinsured or they're way underinsured. Mm-hmm. So I use a method called DIME. It stands for debt, income, mortgage, and then education. This is the formulas that you're going to use to figure out, hey, this is how much insurance I'm going to need. The D stands for debt. Calculate all your student loans, personal loans, things like that. Calculate all of your debt. Then write the letter D on your paper and then write the total. Let's say in this case, we're going to say it's, let's say it's, 25 grand, okay? With your income, very simple. Take your yearly income, multiply it by 10. What's it, What's an income for this person? What, what would you say this person makes? Go ahead and say they make 60,000. We'll just do that. 60,000, all right. Yeah. So this person makes 60,000. If we multiply that by 10, that's 600,000, okay? The next line is mortgage. What would you say, you know, let's say this person owns their home, what would you say they have? What was the, What would you say the balance in their in their mortgage would be? If you make sixty thousand dollars, your house needs to be maximum one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. If you ask me, <laughs> but there you go. nope, I love it. I love it. You should not over. You shouldn't overextend yourself. Right. If you want to talk yep. about the debt, we'll just say they they put down the, the typical twenty percent down on one hundred and twenty. So that's twenty four thousand. We'll go ahead and knock that down to 96,000. 96K. Perfect. So they got 96K left in their home. Okay. And then last, you know, this this is obviously a middle class family. What would you say? How many kids would they have under the age of 18? We'll say two. Two kids under the age of 18. And would you want them to be able to go to college? Absolutely. Yeah. Say that money. Okay, cool. So what we do with each kid is we multiply, I mean, we, we add a hundred thousand per kid. So we, God forbid something happens to that parent. The kids have, they come into a hundred thousand each to either one of two things. You know, some people are like, I don't want my kids to go to college. So either now they could go and, and have, you know, don't have the student loans or now they have a hundred grand to go start a business and become an entrepreneur. Okay. So 200,000. So what all I'm going to do is simple math, man. I'm going to take all those numbers and I'm going to add them together. So in this case, we're gonna start with the biggest number. So you got six, you got six hundred, right? You got six hundred. Um, that's the that's your income. Then we're gonna add the ninety six for your mortgage, plus the two hundred thousand for the the education, plus the twenty five grand in debt. This person's insurable need is nine hundred and twenty one thousand. Nine hundred and twenty one thousand. So they're knocking on the door of a million dollars. All right. That's simple That's math the right there. Simple, it's a very simple math. Some people would be like, oh, I w-. the flip side to that is someone would say, hey, I want $2 million. Like your insurable need is 920, but now you want 2 million. 
the chances of that person being able to sustain that policy long term is it it, it yeah. starts to go down based on their income. Right. Yep. So that's simple math on how to how to how to how to how to calculate your insurable need. All right. That's debt income. The M was mortgage and E was education. Education. Simple. Yep. Simple. All right. So as you've grown in this life insurance industry, what is something that you learn about life insurance that you never knew about life insurance? Oh, man. Uh, to be honest, all of it, <laughs> all of it, like, like, like I told you, you know, being, being in the industry of, you know, of tech for 14 years and not ever be learning about, I'm not even going to talk about insurance. So like learning anything about money, like, I don't know. I didn't know the first thing about stocks. I didn't know the first thing about credit, business credit. You know, when I talk about it, I didn't know anything about money. It's just like, Hey, you know, create a spreadsheet <laughs> expenses, oh, income yeah. expenses. What's left. That was, that was, that was That's my it. extent of my financial yeah. education. <laughs> So everything in the insurance space is new to me. So I just realized two things. One, it's a very noble industry and being able to truly help people. If people could get past the, uh, hey, you know, insurance, don't don't put these bad vibes on me because I don't even want to talk about that aspect of it. Um, because what happens is, is people really, they take that and they, they continue that on for you know their whole life and then now they're also teaching their kids that same type right. of mindset so now that that family doesn't get insured and then the kids also grow up thinking man my mom didn't have it so i i guess i shouldn't have it either but right. you got to remember and I, I give people this i give people this this analogy you know the, these things called a phone they they come out and they update every two to three years that you get a new phone you get new software they're pushing out updates insurance does the exact same thing that the whole concept of, of um, cash value and stuff like that. It, it's not, it's not a, a three year, a 300 year old, you know, part of life insurance. It's like maybe a hundred, maybe less than a hundred years old living benefits is it's like 30, 20, 30 years old. So these, these products and things are also evolving with what's going on in the world. So being able to truly shift the mindset of your family and, and say, hey, you know, we can talk about these things. That way, my kids can also learn, hey, these things are important. I, this, is, this is my philosophy. My philosophy, my insurance policies, they get paid before my rent, before my mortgage, before my car, before my phone. Before my my insurance yourself. policies get paid first. Yeah. It's, the, it's, it's the single most thing that's the only way that you're going to guarantee that generational wealth happens. We all want to go make a million dollars. We all want to go run successful businesses. But how can I guarantee generational wealth today? There's no, there's, there's no, there's no other way to guarantee it. You got to have that discipline, man. You got to make sure you pay yourself first every single time. You get that paycheck. You got to immediately put that money to the side for something that you know you need. Period. Yep. Life insurance is definitely one of those things. Last question I got for you. So what do you know about trust funds? Is that something that you can talk about? I, I would say I'm not a professional at it, but what okay. I what I will <laughs> but what I what I will say, though, no, there's plenty of people that will that will run laps around me in that area. So it's not something that I can speak intelligently on. But what I do know based on talking with a lot of people that that create trust for families and things like that, here most people don't realize 
your your trust can actually own your life insurance policy. Right. Your trust can be the beneficiary of your life insurance policy. So God forbid something happens, whatever instructions, whatever you designated inside of your trust, that's how that money and things are going to be allocated to the family. So instead of waiting and, and just saying, hey, you know, Sally is going to be the beneficiary. She's going to go get a quarter of a million, a half a million dollars. And we pray that she's going to take care of our kids. If something were to happen to both of us, I can I can set this up in my trust and my trust can control how that money is distributed for those kids. This is exactly what I wanted to get into when it comes to the trust fund, because we've all heard the term of trust fund babies and all that type of stuff. And when I heard it before, I didn't really know what it meant. And then me either, man, (laughs) when I started understanding it, I associated it with just rich folks, period. And it was just unattainable. So when I started understanding it, I'm like, wait a minute, that's not discriminatory to anybody. You can, Anybody can have this. Anybody can set up a trust fund. And what Greg was saying is it's simply changing the beneficiary from somebody to something. So it's now an entity. And this is how generational wealth really gets passed down. I got all of my kids an insurance policy, myself and my wife. All right. On all those policies, we have a trust fund set up. That trust fund is the beneficiary. That way, Something happens to any of us or the day comes when all of us are gone and all of our children have something that trust is set up for them right then and there. That next generation automatically has everything at their access. Then you educate your children to tell them to do the same exact thing, get policies on them, and you continue to feed that trust for all of the money that happens to something that's going to happen to you anyway. So you might as well set it up so that way your family and your family's family and your family's family's family, (laughs) everybody (laughs) set up for life. So you're you're, you're spot on with that because I had one client, you know, she's like the she was like the matriarch of her family. Like every everything that happened in the family went through her like generational. This is why I tell people generational wealth is generational. So the people that have money, they have the information and stuff like that. They're going to continue to build those things. Generational poverty is also generational. Correct. So if you don't, if you're not getting the information, you're not getting the, the 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 tools, the knowledge, the strategies. There's nothing that's going to be passed on to your kids. But it only takes one person. That's it. Most people think I, I my whole family has to do it. I need everybody on my team and everybody in the family to do it with me. It takes one person and one family to break that curse. I, the reason why I say this is I had I had one client, and I remember her to this day. Um, she was like, hey, I understand. I want to understand this. I want to learn about it. And I want to put some policies in place for myself. Mind you, when she heard about this and what creating generational wealth and how people could kill the, 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 the 529s, the Gerber life plans, how to make sure like, you know, their babies have access to a million dollars in cash. She was like, every grandchild that she had, she put a policy on in two minutes. Every one of them, like all of her kids got policies, but also all of her grandkids got policies. So she was talking about like generational wealth is going to happen because I made a decision. Right. So now anything that happens, she's like, okay, boom, at least I know all of my kids are set up. All of my grandchildren kids up, you know, if it's up to her and God gives her health, she's going to make sure her great grandkids also have policies (laughs) as well. 
So that's why I say it only takes one person to change the mindset of, man, hey, I need to go create generational wealth for my family. And she's like, I'm not even worried about the parents paying for it. I'm paying for all of it. <laughs> it's so, dirt cheap at that point, too. Man, tell mind. me about it. And it's money that you're going to save anyway, so you might as well put it, redirect it. It's just like we do in 401, like, you know, typical people that work at a, like a 401k, they have a job. Like, hey, you know, my, my company's going to match me this money. My company's going to put this. They're going to put that. You know, if your company's going to match you 3% and you're going to put in 8%, everything over that 3% is open to the market. Right. So when the market crashes, you lose, <laughs> you lose money as well. <laughs> you lose money as well. Like, I, it chokes me up because I'm like, Damn, nobody taught us this. Yeah, yeah. You get a job and HR just says, sign here, sign here, sign here. And when you ask a question, they have no idea. They have no idea. But I show people how to take that same money, redirect it into an IUL or permanent policy. And I get nothing but thank yous. Yeah. And this is why we vibed immediately because we understood the need for telling people this type of information because you didn't know it. I certainly didn't know it. And everything that I know now about the stock market, life insurance, real estate, this is all stuff that I learned just from going through and talking with different people, reading books and getting the information and soaking it up because I knew I had to make that change, man. I knew it. And from my background, from where I'm from, people I knew, friends I knew, there was no way I was going to get access to this. Unless I really stepped outside of that boundary and took that risk, man. So I appreciate you. Appreciate you coming on the show. And, you know, welcome anytime, man. Last question I got for you is what is the biggest tip that you can give somebody right now in order to help them start that generational wealth? Uh, it's, It's easy, man. With the times that we're in, we're, you know, in the last 24 months, the the. You know, U.S. has been printing its own dollar for the last you know hundred or so years. In those years, in those in that in that short amount of time, thirty percent of every dollar ever printed was printed in the last twenty-four months. People catch, catch this. I'm gonna say it again. Every dollar that was ever printed in the last hundred something years has been printed in the last twenty-four months due to the due to the economy, the pandemic, things of that nature. So. Now the way they you know the way that happened is you know we got stimulus checks. People printed out money. They printed billions and trillions of dollars, and people were happy when that happened. Like, oh, cool! Not happy in that in a sense that, but they're like, oh, cool! I'm getting this check. You know, I don't have to work for things of that nature. But now it's coming back full circle. Where inflation mm-hmm. is seven point nine eight percent. Gas prices in California are almost nine dollars a gallon. Like milk is up, eggs are up, bread is up. So if you got family, you, you're feeling the heat of what's happening in the economy right now. I only have one advice for people, go control your route. The name of my brand is not, it's not, it's not an accident. I tell people, regardless of what you plan on doing in life, you gotta be able to control what you do. If you wait for somebody to say, hey, this is how much you get paid per hour, you're gonna fall a victim to the system for the rest of your life. <laughs> look at all the people, look at all the people who are like, man, I'm gonna go work for this job for 30 years. The pandemic wiped them out. They're like, okay, boom, your job is done. But now if you were able to control your route and say, hey, man, I need to go control my financial situation, go become an entrepreneur, you know, go, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but I chose an industry that was conducive to helping the most amount of people as possible. 
but also making the most amount of money as possible as well and doing it in a way where I know I can impact and, and affect people and help them, you know, control the route, man. So I would say my, my biggest tip for them, man, is control your income. Control your income. Don't don't wait for somebody to say, hey, this is how much you're worth. Because I, I fully believe God has given you a gift. He's given mm-hmm. you talents and abilities. And to say that, hey, I'm only worth 20, 30 bucks an hour is like a slap in the face because I believe he created us to do more and to be more and impact more people. So I'm all I'm a huge proponent of um you know just being out to get good just to be able to to control your income and, and hit financial freedom. Thank you. Thank you. And welcome to the Empower Empire. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> I appreciate you being Absolutely. in my life, man. I really do thank you for taking the time out. So that's it for this episode of Stocks and Bars. Tell everybody where they can reach you at. Awesome, man. Thank you again for at least having having me on the podcast. Uh, I'll gladly interact and and, and be a guest again. Um, You guys can catch me on IG. Um, It's I am Greg Skeen. So I am G-R-E-G-S-K-E-E-N-E. So I am Greg Skeen. Um, You can visit my brand as Control Your Route, controlyourroute.com. Um, there you can talk, you know, look at what I do, you know, and, and get more information about, you know, everything that I do, man. All right. Thank you for the knowledge. I want you to enjoy the rest of your night with your family and we'll catch you later, brother. Blessings, man. Thank you. Thank you. Everything I say when I talk on the mic A strong emphasis is made for us caught in the fight Every Uh. lyric written was pain from a part of my life From financial death I could save others with smarter advice We used to think there was only one way to grow money Work hard and put it in banks and let it hold money I unlearned and relearned now that I did it's so funny I'm no dummy to grow my wealth Now I got myself my life insurance and a trust fund And got money in the market Got a living willing place for when my sunny days get darker Teach my culture everything I know A new wave is now starting Flex our power with our finances No need for us for March Stop, 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 stop,